June 30th. Our New Testament reading for today comes from the book of Acts, chapter 20, verses 1 through 38. And here's what's going on there. The uproars usually cease, so be patient. But be sure to get ready for the next battle. Stay in the Word. Stay on your knees. God's servants need to get away from people and have time alone to think, meditate, and pray. Paul knew he was facing danger in Jerusalem, and he wanted to be prepared spiritually. If you want to catch the heart of Paul, consider his statements. Serving the Lord, I kept back nothing, that I may finish my race with joy. And he says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. June 30th, Acts chapter 20, verses 1 through 38. When it was all over, Paul sent for the believers and encouraged them. Then he said goodbye and left for Macedonia. Along the way, he encouraged the believers in all the towns he passed through. Then he traveled down to Greece, where he stayed for three months. He was preparing to sail back to Syria when he discovered a plot by some Jews against his life, so he decided to return through Macedonia. Several men were traveling with him. They were Sopater of Berea, the son of Phyrus, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derbe, Timothy, Antichicus, and Trophimus, who were from the province of Asia. They went ahead and waited for us at Troas. As soon as the Passover season ended, we boarded a ship at Philippi in Macedonia, and five days later arrived in Troas, where we stayed a week. On the first day of the week, we gathered to observe the Lord's Supper. Paul was preaching, and since he was leaving the next day, he talked until midnight. The upstairs room where we met was lighted with many flickering lamps. As Paul spoke on and on, a young man named Eutychus, sitting on the window sill, became very drowsy. Finally, he sank into a deep sleep and fell three stories to his death below. Paul went down, bent over him, and took him into his arms. Don't worry, he said. He's alive. Then they all went back upstairs and ate the Lord's Supper together. And Paul continued talking to them until dawn. Then he left. Meanwhile, the young man was taken home unhurt, and everyone was greatly relieved. Paul went by land to Essos, where he had arranged for us to join him, and we went on ahead by ship. He joined us there, and we sailed together to Mytilene. The next day, we passed the island of Chaos. The following day, we crossed to the island of Semos, and a day later, we arrived at Miletus. Paul had decided against stopping at Ephesus this time because he didn't want to spend further time in the province of Asia. He was hurrying to get to Jerusalem, if possible, for the festival of Pentecost. But when we landed at Miletus, he sent a message to the elders of the church at Ephesus asking them to come down to meet him. When they arrived, he declared, You know that from the day I set foot in the province of Asia until now, I have done the Lord's work humbly. Yes, and with tears, I have endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. Yet I never shrank from telling you the truth, either publicly or in your homes. I have had one message for Jews and Gentiles alike, the necessity of turning from sin and turning to God and of faith in our Lord Jesus. 
And now I am going to Jerusalem, drawn there irresistibly by the Holy Spirit, not knowing what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit has told me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about God's wonderful kindness and love. And now I know that none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. Let me say plainly that I have been faithful. No one's damnation can be blamed on me, for I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants for you. And now beware, be sure that you feed and shepherd God's flock, His church, purchased with His blood, over whom the Holy Spirit has appointed you as elders. I know full well that false teachers, like vicious wolves, will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some of you will distort the truth in order to draw a following. Watch out! Remember the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over you night and day, and my many tears for you. And now I entrust you to God and the word of His grace, His message that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those He has set apart for Himself. I have never coveted anyone's money or fine clothing. You know that these hands of mine have worked to pay my own way, and I have even supplied the needs of those who are with me. And I have been a constant example of how you can help the poor by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had finished speaking, he knelt and prayed with them. They wept aloud as they embraced him in farewell, and most of all because he said that they would never see him again. Then they accompanied him down to the ship. There is something about the nature of faith that is illustrated by the rain in 1 Kings chapter 18. And so we see it when Elijah says to Ahab, there is the sound of the heavy rain. There's the sound of the heavy rain. That often when it comes to the realm of faith, we hear things that we cannot see yet. There are a few stages that you're going to have to go through if you are going to come out of the drought. Now, when I say the drought, I mean the dry season that you have been experiencing inside of yourself. So I want to speak to you today about coming out of the drought, but I want to do it a little differently. What I want to do is I want to talk about the enemies that will keep you in a dry place. I believe our faith must survive the invisibility stage. It's kind of tough because you know what you heard and you know what you sense sometimes, but what you see is a direct contradiction of what you sense. This is the second stage that your faith must survive. It's insignificance. Celebrate the small start. I want you to look at everything that seems stupid that you're doing right now, and I want you to say, this is significant. The devil won't like it when you say that because the way he gets you to leave your assignment is to convince you that it doesn't matter what you're working on. It's so small. If the enemy can't kill you in the invisibility stage or the insignificant stage, the only thing left for him to do to keep you from receiving what God is pouring out in your life is intimidation. Don't you know the devil found out a long time ago that he can't curse what God has blessed? But since he couldn't kill you, he tries to contain you 
so he intimidates you. Some of us are better at surviving in famine than we are at living in blessing. So the message God gave me for somebody today, you know who you are, is that you are running from the rain. You are running from the blessing of God. You are running from something that is already defeated. You are running from shame that the cross of Jesus Christ has already taken away. You are running from situations that God has already worked out. Head back in the right direction and run toward the rain. It's raining now. The drought is over. Come out of the drought. It's raining now. Why would you run from the rain? Why would you run from the blessing of God? See, when you run from the resistance, you run from the rain. When you run from the problem, you run from the promise. When you run from the problem, you run from the harvest. Today we're reading from Psalm 148, verses 1 through 14. We'll see that when it comes to praising the Lord, the psalmist will not permit anyone or anything in all creation to escape. God created them, established them, and controls them. When the weather is bad, it's good to know that even the storms fulfill God's word. And he includes mankind. Made in God's image, men and women have more reason to praise God than does any other thing in creation. And when you have been saved by God's grace, your motive is even greater. So, praise the Lord. Psalm 148, verses 1 through 14. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him from the skies. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all the armies of heaven. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you twinkling stars. Praise Him, skies above. Praise Him, vapors high above the clouds. Let every created thing give praise to the Lord, for He issued His command, and they came into being. He established them forever and forever. His orders will never be revoked. Praise the Lord from the earth, you creatures of the ocean depths, fire and hail, snow and storm, wind and weather that obey Him, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all livestock, reptiles and birds, kings of the earth and all people, rulers and judges of the earth, young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them all praise the name of the Lord, for His name is very great. His glory towers over the earth and heaven. He has made His people strong, honoring His godly ones the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 18, verses 6 and 7. Fools get into constant quarrels. They are asking for a beating. The mouths of fools are their ruin. Their lips get them into trouble.